The 300th show, the 300th episode of Flyperbole. I really should have written out a whole song, but then I didn't because I'm lazy. So yeah, this is a welcome to the 300th episode of Flyperbole. I'll have more to say on this later, but oh wow, how about that? We're still here. We're still podcasting somehow, some way, and you know. It is. What, I, I have nothing big planned. I I had ambitious plans, but SB Nation shit canning us, <laughs> dumped all those down the drain. But you know, I, before we get started, a big thanks to everybody who's contributed to Flape over the years and Flyers Faithful before that. Gone all the way back to Hal, Kim, Marcello, Steph, Kelly, Bill, Charlie, Maddie, Eamon, Kurt, the Quigster right here, and of course the great Craig Forsyth. So, so many great people to thank. And, you know, I said I was going to have more on it later, but that's pretty much it. That's all I wanted to say. I have stuff that I might have in conjunction with this if it all works out. But we'll see. I'm incredibly lazy. We'll see what happens. But I got to stop talking for a second. Ryan Quigley, how are you today, sir? Tonight, we dine in hell! Wow. We are in Sparta. Get it? Because it's the 300th episode. Oh, there we go. I did, yeah, I did I'm slow. I didn't get it at first. There we go. All right. There we go. Yeah. We di- was... Every night we dine in hell and fly purpley. Oh, uh, listen, especially now uh, with, you know, the whole situation happening and uh, that we, with us, they think they're shutting us down. How funny is that? <laughs> you can't shut not. us down. The, the, the stream don't stop. Honestly, like being a Flyers podcast, we are constantly dining in hell. So, yeah. It's a constant barrage. It is just yeah. Hellfire, and we've gotten used to it. It's the Hellfire Club. It is the Hellfire Club. Be it the Hellfire Club from the X-Men or the Hellfire Club from Stranger Things. It's the Hellfire yeah. Club that we're in. Is the Hellfire Club from X-Men? I didn't know that. Uh, I believe it's also a thing way back in the day that was inspired. But it's, a, it's an X-Men thing. It's also a Stranger Things thing. And I think it's a thing in and of itself. So there's a couple different Hellfire Clubs. Very interesting. I didn't know that. I thought it was exclusively a Stranger Things thing. It, no, there's a couple different ones, but they probably took inspiration from the X-Men given their 80s, you know, yeah. inspirations all over the place. Uh, fun fact, the X-Men animated series had to call the Hellfire Club the Inner Circle because you couldn't use the word Hellfire on a children's program. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. How about that? I didn't know fun that. facts yeah. right there. Fun, fun facts. fact. I do want to say uh, thank you, like you said, Steve. Thank you to all of our listeners. You guys are fucking phenomenal. I think it's officially been over a year since I <laughs> since I. That's joined. a legitimate. Oh, wow. Holy shit. It, yeah, flies on that front. I didn't realize that. If it's not over a year, it's close to a year since I started with uh, Flight Purple. What's the year anniversary? Like, is I don't that, know. Uh, Let's see. Is it I'm, wood? I'm going to I'm going to do some backdrop. You you look Check up the anniversaries. Out. I'm gonna... doing this live. Right we're going to do it live. Fuck it. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. Flyperbole. Actually, this isn't taking long at all. The internet. What a what a marvel. Modern computers. This isn't this isn't a 1998 HP computer that 
you have on a, a 56k modem in your dad's basement. No, sir. Okay, I think I lied. I'm not quite at a year yet. Idiot. Because I know Kurt was on last January. I think it was f- February? February? Here we go. My, I think my first episode was March. Okay, so it's been almost a year since I've been on the program. So There you go. Okay. Yeah. So lousy Smarch podcast. That's when you started. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Love that. <laughs> lousy uh, Smarch. I think Smarch is a great Simpsons reference right there. But mm-hmm. uh, the the medals for the anniversaries, according to this website I looked up, jewelrywise.com is where I found this. Start at the 6th, which is the Iron anniversary. Oh, interesting. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Um, but yes, I do just want to quickly reiterate, thank you again to all the listeners. You guys have been phenomenal in the last basically year that I've been on the show. Boy, the amount of nonsense that we talk on this show. I'm amazed that you guys come back every week, but you seem to enjoy it for some demented reason. And I enjoy that you enjoy it. We're not going anywhere. We're going to keep this party rolling. And uh, yeah, I look forward to, and I'm sure I speak for Steve as well. We both look forward to uh, keeping this train rolling and um, continuing to pump out content for you guys because you are the best. And I really, really look forward to doing this every week because I know it brings some of you joy. So that's don't, cool. don't speak for me because I'm ready to end it right here. I mean, 300 is <laughs> a great, nice round number to end things on. I feel like 300, you might as well, if you're going to end it, wait, wait till 500. 300 is a good, any hundred is good. I, I have like an, if I ended it on like an Oh one, I would be, that would but bother three, me it's 300, for the rest of my though. days. Like three hundred is so. Three hundred's fine. It. I feel like it should be five hundred or a thousand. Well, sure, if you could get to five hundred or a thousand, by all means. But any multiple of five. <laughs> any multiple of five, yes. Uh, five hundred years, aka how long it's going to take the Flyers to win another Stanley Cup. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. It's going to be a while. It's it, it's it's going to be a while. Uh, oh wow i i i, I almost feel like we've gotten too far from how aaron lewis actually says it like it's been a while it's been a while like i feel like it's more like that but we it's really kind of i do it high into, pitch been a while. like yeah, it's, been it's a while. really morphed into something all in and of itself at this point um so i kind of i haven't done this yet but i want to i want to go back in time and check out some of the older broad street hockey episodes like Broad Street Hockey Radio, Fly Purbly, and just listen back like, I don't know, till like 2016 or something. Because I remember the year after the Nolan Patrick, or the year before the Flyers drafted Nolan Patrick, um, it was a horrible season. Like, terrible. And then I remember they won the um, the lottery, and they were like, we deserve this. This season was a nightmare. And you go... You like fast forward to now and we're still saying the season has been a night. Like it's continuously a nightmare with this team. It, it is. Con- why are we in this never ending nightmare? I don't know why it's like this. I, we're cursed. That's why it's cursed. It's a cursed franchise. That's why it's like this. All they had to do was keep that fucking Kate Smith statue standing. No. That's all they had to do. No. Is Sam Carcini on this podcast? <laughs> do we have to take it to the beats right now? I mean, is yes, it time is for Mid-Atlantic hockey immediately? Mid- 
<laughs> Mid-Atlantic hockey immediately. Brotherly love puck sport soon. Is it time for that? I don't think so. Get out of here, Slammin' Sammy. No, shoo! <laughs> Nobody wants you here! Get the hell out! You know what? Maybe there's been some interesting juju. So they took down the Kate Smith statue and the Flyers have been dog shit ever since. They were dog shit before that was taken down. Yes. So yeah, long Important before Important fact. Um, people act like they all of a sudden became horrible. And it's like, no, they've been horrible for, for quite a long time now. You see, they've been mismanaged for over a decade at this point. But they take down the Kate Smith statue and then they erect. <laughs> Can we also can we also just point out why they took down the Kate Smith statue? It's not like they just came up one day and said, "Oh, gee, I don't like the looks of that statue anymore. Let's just take it down." They took down the Kate Smith statue because they She's found some racist. old racist recordings from her. Yeah, like very valid. I, I, you could say it was the style at the time, and that is an argument that you could certainly make. But that's why they took it down. There was a huge controversy. Like there was yeah, a very that's... valid reason why they took down the statue. Not great. Yes. But they take down the Kate Smith statue, rightfully so. And then they erect a Doug Peterson statue. And ever since the Doug Peterson and Nick Foles statue has gone up, the Eagles have been, like, really good. Well, you know why the Eagles have been... (laughs) Number one, the statue's there because the Eagles are really good in the first place. I mean, yeah. You know why the Eagles are really good? It's some enchanted creature who's come into our life, and sometimes we might be questioning if he's a demon, but really, we think he might be... It's not gritty. It's not gritty. (laughs) Howie Roseman! Somebody locked him up in a room, and I didn't see him for two years! Howie Roseman! (laughs) Howie Roseman! I don't know if he is the devil, if he's an... Whatever he is, this devious motherfucker, Howie Roseman... He came up with that 2017-18 team, okay? And whatever he did behind the scenes to break the curse of the Philadelphia Eagles, thank you for that, Howie Roseman. And then whatever he did, whatever black magic he conjured to make this amazing team, and folks, just FYI, we're probably going to talk about the Philadelphia football Eagles for the next five to ten minutes, okay? So if you got to hit that fast-forward button because you want your hockey talk, I understand. But guess what? The goddamn Philadelphia Eagles are headed back to the Super Bowl. They are headed back to the Super Bowl. And I went to Broad Street. And, Quiggs, you said that you didn't didn't think think it was... You were sorely mistaken, my friend. (laughs) It was pandemonium in the best way. I did not get a matching fireworks injury on my left leg, thankfully. That's unfortunate. I wanted you to be symmetrical. It would be nice to be symmetrical, and maybe that's bad, you know, a bad sign for the Eagles moving forward. But I did yeah. not get another injury. It was chaos in the streets, people climbing poles. I took a great pole climbing video, and the, the Greece did not win yet again. And, you know, why do they even bother with the Greece? Because nobody, they're going to climb the poles. Get, they know how to do this, they practice year round. <laughs> Yeah, and besides, they just had some great practice back in October with the Phillies going to the World Series. So exactly, like, well, everyone's see, a pro. Nobody, at this point. nobody quite got to that point with the Phillies, unfortunately. Like there was a little bit of you know fun on Broad when they clinched. Well, I guess there was. I, I saw I, some I didn't pole get to, climbing. Okay, I didn't get to go to Broad because I was at the game. Humble brag, and <laughs> I walked up Tenth Street back and just beaming and soggy from. That very rainy baseball oh, game yeah. where Bryce Harper had the greatest, one of the greatest home runs in Philly's history. I, I'd say it's 
it's top three easily. <laughs> uh, amazing, amazing day right there. But anyway, enough about the Phillies, okay? The Phillies didn't do it. They didn't get over the top. The Philadelphia Eagles are in the show. They're playing the other team with the best record in the NFL. They, they both twinsies here for best records. Amazing storylines in this game. Andy Reid facing the Philadelphia Eagles. Longtime coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Andy Reid, coming and facing the Birds in the Super Bowl. Amazing! The Kelsey brothers, the first brothers to play each other in a Super Bowl. Amazing! I love it. So Hassan Reddick is one of my favorite storylines from this team. Oh. T.U. Temple guy right there. Love it. He's he awesome. is awesome. I love him. What an amazing signing he's been. And apparently a guy that the San Francisco 49ers didn't even think about blocking. Yeah, they put a tight end on him. And then it almost resulted in the death of their rookie quarterback. Oh, my God. Brock Purdy, who I'm not convinced is a real person like that's one of the fakest names i don't know what's a faker <laughs> name tage thompson or brock purdy they're both pretty damn fake <laughs> brock, yeah yeah brock purdy is made up he is a figment of your imagination and he just got wrecked by hassan reddick early on in that game and it changed the game completely and the 49ers didn't block him i gotta say kyle shanahan that's one of the worst coached games yeah, oh he's awful seen. that was terrible like to not challenge the uh the um, Devontae, Devontae Smith, Smith catch. catch. Yeah, like to not challenge. And granted, that was smart by Devontae. He got up and immediately was like, get to the line, get to the line. And he gave like the hand signals. Yeah. And they got the ball off as quick as possible so they couldn't challenge. But like how When I saw him not... do that, I turned to M and I said, they should challenge that because he doesn't yeah. think he caught it. I Well, so I was freaking out because like for some reason, I thought he was like, like pointing to his wrist like he hurt his wrist. And I like didn't know what was I was like, what's he doing? And then I saw that he was like putting his knuckles together and I was like, oh, oh, he's trying to get to the line. Mm -hmm, he's he's mm -hmm. not sure about this catch. Heads up play from Devontae yeah. Smith, who is also just an amazing find. A by second year player. A second year player and he's already smart enough to be doing that. The poison that kid is unbelievable. I, I, love, I friggin' love Devontae Smith. I love this whole team. I love no, Yeah, for, I really like this team a lot. Yeah, except ex for that, the except one for that criminal who we'll yeah. never talk about again. He played four <laughs> snaps and he seems like a real piece of shit. But you I was going to say, he, he barely he had a cup of coffee with the team. Fuck him, that guy sucks. Uh, everybody else is fantastic. He was never going to play in the Super Bowl. No, no, he he sucks anyway. Like so, just fucking cut him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's union rules or something against that at this point. Oh, I don't okay. know. Well, fuck but, that guy. Fuck that guy. But anyway, as far as the... I love the rest of the team. Unbelievable team that's been assembled by Roseman over here. And, I mean, Jalen Hurts, I have never been happier to eat crow. I know. Yeah, and, like, you're too. talking about listening to old podcasts, right? And I was actually thinking about posting a couple old ones. We'll see if I end up doing that. But over the next month, while we're still on SB Nation, I was thinking about posting some old ones in honor of 300 and also to just, you know, get every bit out of... <laughs> Out of our current situation, yeah. we can. Yes, I'm trying to steal as much money from the uh, the SB Nation overlords as possible. Before you could say the quiet part loud if you want. There, you know, whatever works. But yeah. I'm sure I have a thousand wrong takes, a thousands of wrong takes in these old episodes, and there is no take I have been egregiously wrong about in my life. And I said Ron Hextall was good, so I was pretty wrong there. But Jalen Hurts <laughs> is one I was a thousand percent wrong about. I said Same. Jalen Hurts. Was not the guy. Definitely not the dude. They should move on. Try something else. Jalen Hurts is the fucking guy. I love this guy. He is just 
as cool as they come. The temperament made for the big stage. The temperament made for Philadelphia. He's awesome. He's phenomenal. And I got I was wrong about him too. I remember being so pissed off when they drafted him. I was like, why did you do that? We have Carson Wentz. He's going to be, he's amazing. And then Carson Wentz definitely is not amazing. I remember as soon as they drafted Jalen Hurts, he was like, he was a shell of himself because he had competition all of a sudden. And honestly, ever since the Super Bowl, I feel like he was like, Competition freaked him out because he's like, oh, my God, I'm, am I going to lose my job? Or is could I have another Nick Foles situation? And I feel like that fucked him up for forever. And who knows if Wentz will even play next season. He's so bad. I wouldn't be surprised if he was out of the league. Him yeah. and Tom Brady are man in the booth together next year. <laughs> I was so wrong about Jalen Hurts, and I could not be happier to have been wrong. I love him so much he's a phenomenal player great dude too like he's just he seems just incredible um believe it or not that's actually the not the most wrong i've ever been about someone when on the eagles when they hired doug peterson i was fuming i did not want doug peterson to be the coach you know who i wanted to be the coach instead oh was it gus uh bradley no worse who's that Hugh Jackson. <laughs> oh, Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. He went three thirty-six and one as the Browns record, or Yikes. as the Browns head coach. A lot of and people wrong him. about Dougie P too, though. Like that yeah. was one that was pretty universally panned. Nick Sirianni, totally wrong there. Mister Pizza Hut, a hundred percent wrong on that. Front. Yeah, I was wrong about him too. Nick Sirianni's been amazing. It's honestly weird. Like, so someone posted the his introductory presser um, a few days ago on Twitter on the Twitter dot com.musk and uh basically i was watching it and i was like this cannot be the same guy because his introductory presser he was visibly terrified he was like a deer in the headlights he was stumbling over his words he was so nervous and just freaking out and seeing that and then like the whole flower analogy thing that the garden analogy that he made that one time that was super bizarre and seeing him now this season it's incredible it really is incredible. He's like, now he's the most confident, charismatic coach in the NFL. And it's like, how did that happen? You know? Right. He's one, He's considered one of the smartest guys out there, unless you're, you know, a salty New York Giants secondary member. You know, he's considered one, like one of the most prepared coaches all week. And his game day game management has been outstanding. Yeah. I mean, he just totally, you know, you can look at a lot of factors in that 49ers game. Okay. Obviously the quarterback play came in, right. But they also didn't get a proper backup. They had Josh Johnson, who's a bum from the street. And, you know, Josh Johnson was not a good backup to have. They, I don't understand why they didn't just direct snap to McCaffrey at that point. You might as well have, but I digress. But, you know, Shanahan didn't make the challenge when he needed to. I, I think I heard that he didn't have a timeout the entire game. Yeah. Which is insane to me. Yeah. And he just got out coached in every way. I mean, Sirianni made the right challenge calls. He made the right fourth down calls. He was aggressive when he needed to be. Sirianni had his guys set up for success. He did a he did a better job. He did. And listen, I don't know where a lot of people are upset about Sirianni not being in the running for coach of the year. I think he should be because he literally coached his team to a 14 and three record. That's incredible. I don't know where he like in actuality where he stands amongst the top coaches. Cause I do think, I do think Howie deserves 
more of the credit here just because he constructed a god tier roster. Um, I almost said dream team, <laughs> but no, I'm you don't want to use that term around these that. parts. Yeah, no. um, don't want to go down that road. He built just a juggernaut of a team, and like I, I can understand why people might be hesitant to say that Sirianni's a good coach because, like, is he a good coach or is the team just amazing? I think. He's a good coach and the team's amazing. Personally, I think both things can be true. I don't think you reach the Super Bowl if you don't have both things to be true. I, mean, I, I, I think agree too. Really, I, I don't think many coaches and like, look, you can say what you will about the Giants as far as being quality competition. They they were shit. But you know what? They had to win to even play the Eagles that day. So the Giants beat one of the best teams in the NFC throughout the regular season. All right. So yeah. it's not like they didn't belong there, but the Eagles were just that much better. And then the 49ers, everybody talked up their defense, but the Eagles scored a bunch of points on them. Okay. They ran when they had to the offensive line dominated and the Eagles defensive line, the 49ers didn't prepare for it and they paid the Eagles just own in the trenches. It doesn't matter if it's offensive line, defensive line. They just, they build from the middle out. Yeah. And I feel like that's how it should be. Um, and I'll tell you what, like, one of the most, I shouldn't say slept on, because I think everybody respects him and understands just how important and key he is to the Eagles' success right now. Jeff Stoutland is one of the most important pieces on this entire Eagles roster, including players. Jeff Stoutland, the offensive line coach of the Eagles, signed him to a lifetime contract. He cannot leave until he dies. That's what has to happen. <laughs> is that right? The Eagles offensive line is elite because of Jeff Stoutland. And when if he the day he leaves is going to be very very sad because he's he's one of the he's I swear to god, he's got to be one of the best coaches in football. And I'm not I'm talking head coaches, I'm talking coordinators. He is so good at coaching the offensive line, it's honestly mind-boggling how you can just bring in bums and turn turn them into all-star Pro Bowl players. Now, let me let me say this. Jordan Mailata, and I'm not trying to uh, shit on Jordan Mailata. He's great. I, I love Jordan Mailata. But, like, what? how many coaches can turn Jordan Mailata into what he is now? A dude who didn't even touch a football for his entire life until a few years ago, and now he he's... a rugby player. He was a rugby player, and now he's one of the better left tackles in football. He didn't have the best season this season, but like he's still a very, very good tackle. And like, how can you not be just over the moon with that development? Just to oh, find some random guy and Jeff Stoutland turns him into a quality left tackle. Like, and it's he amazing. has the voice of an angel. He oh god, his voice is unreal. I just got my yeah. record. I just got my, my I saw really that. special Christmas record in the other day. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a little late for Christmas, but who cares? It's a green record that has the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles offensive lineman singing, which is amazing. But, like, it's hard to turn these guys who are just, like, raw talent or raw size into actual professional athletes. I mean, if we're looking at the Flyers analogy there, look at Rasmus Ristolainen, right? Rasmus Ristolainen has all the physical tools to be a dominant NHL player, but nobody's ever been able to help him put it together. He yeah. just can't, like, get to that next level. Or if you look at who's the big two-way 
player that Ron Hextall drafted in the second round a couple years ago that has never quite been able to make it. Oh, Isaac Ratcliffe? Isaac Ratcliffe, right? Isaac Ratcliffe was drafted for his size, right? For his potential based on physical attributes. And nobody has been able to get him to that point at the NHL level of being a good quality hockey player. You know, just because you have... The physical attributes doesn't mean that it's going to work out. So just because Jordan Mailata is a huge athletic person doesn't mean he's going to succeed at offensive line. And it's, a, you know, a testament to the abilities of just Jeff Stoutland and the Eagles as a whole for developing him into that. I mean, he was the seventh round pick. Like he's one of the last picks in the draft. That's a flyer, man. That is like, that is just yeah. like, they're just... Hoping and praying that works out, and it did, and that's amazing. Yeah, it's like, and it's in the NHL too. Like, we see, like, for example, the Minnesota Wild, they always have good goalies. It doesn't matter who it is, their goalies are always good. Now, granted, they have um, Marc Andre Fleury now, who's a future Hall of Famer, but like, they also had um, Kapo Kakinen. And he's turned out to be, I think he's in San Jose now, and I think he's the backup. But like when he was in Minnesota, he was playing phenomenal hockey. And then they had Dubnik, and then they had, they've just always had good goalies in Minnesota. And like, could it be, who knows why? Like, it's hard to say exactly why, but maybe they have just a goalie whisperer on the coaching staff who just knows how to get the best out of the goalies. And that's what the Eagles have in their offensive line coach, Jeff Stalin. He just knows how to get the best out of everyone who plays in that position group. And man, I mean, and that's the most important thing in football. If you have a good offensive line, you're going to be a good team. It's not a question. Like you're just, your offense is going to just, it's going to be so much better with a solid offensive line as opposed to teams that struggle on the offensive line. And um, yeah, it's just the work he's done has been just incredible. And that's been the philosophy of the Eagles pretty much the entire Jeffrey Lurie era, especially since Andy Reid came into town. Because, I mean, Andy Reid always had amazing offensive lines. Trey Thomas, John Runyon, just uh, big old Hank Fraley. I always think of Hank Fraley with John Madden because uh, John Madden would just go nuts for Hank Fraley. He'd talk about Hank Fraley forever because he just, I don't know, he's just like a big baby-faced man. Like this huge man with a baby uh... face. Wasn't he in the Campbell's soup with soup commercial with uh, McNabb? Hank Fraley? I don't remember, and I should know, but I, I do not recall. Wasn't. I'll have to go to the archives and find out. But, uh, I mean, you know, they always had good offensive lines, and then that tradition has continued from Joe Banner to Howie Roseman. Like, they have always shored that up on both sides of the ball. The lines are always great. And, you know, it's just frustrating as far as, like, if you're, say, a Flyers fan but not an Eagles fan, and, which you're a freak of nature if that's the case, but, you know, whatever. I'm not judging here. I'm not judging. It's just not common in Philadelphia for that to be the case. But, you know, watching the Eagles change so much, like we had the Dream Team disaster, the Eagles moved on. They changed. And the Eagles have done stuff like embrace advanced stats, you know, like they'll never outwardly really talk about it, but they had their own stats. They had their own metrics that they look at and the salary cap, they work the salary cap amazingly every year and they come up with new ways of doing things. And the flyers just their problem for the past decade. And really you could say 
since the salary cap came into play is they don't try new things. They don't really embrace new ways. They tried one time, it failed, and then they went back to the old shit, like, as soon as they could. Hextall tried a couple new things, failed. He's failing again with Pittsburgh, so clearly it's a Hextall problem. But they went to Chuck Fletcher, who's as old school as it gets. Yeah. Yeah, and it's you would like to see someone who's more, like, progressive and someone who's, like, really any good at anything <laughs> and right Chuck i mean Fletcher's they just, just not like that they just don't assemble good hockey teams and the last time they really had the good you know a really good like core they blew it up in favor yeah. of and look I, you know i don't want to harp on mike richards and jeff carter but i mean that was such a good core on that team that you know 2010 to 2011 and then dry island and all that shit and then got them the hell out of town Briz Galoff, and look, I know both the Richards and Carter trades, very good in a bubble. Like, as far as value goes, can't beat it, right? But, like, Mm -hmm. come on, dude. It just never, it didn't work out. They blew up the court at the wrong time, and they've never recovered from it. They never recovered from it. And we're just dealing with the same old shit, and we're looking just down the barrel of the Flyers continuing to be frustrating and middling, and the Flyers. So speaking of the Eagles and coaching and everything, uh, the 2022 coach of the year is Nick Sirianni as voted by the NFL on Fox. So the NFL on Fox awards, it goes to Nick Sirianni, oh, good. but not the actual coach. Terry Bradshaw came yeah. in and said that. <laughs> This is the winner. Okay, good. Yeah. That's just as official. Hey, whatever. Like, let's give the guy recognition wherever you can get it. Because Nick Sirianni's great. I love him yeah. now. He's my favorite coach in the city, which isn't saying much really. But you know, it's like yeah. it's him and the the coach of the Phillies. It's like we all know how Doc is. Doc's probably got to go. You know, Doc's yeah, a Doc's... nice guy. He, he got to go. And then Torts is good, but like wrong time. They kind of lose. They kind of lose. I'm not yeah, going to argue this anymore. Yeah. I, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I like torts a lot. It's just like, dude, why couldn't you just have not tried this year? I like Wait torts for next coaching. Year. I have been souring on some of his uh, his comments of late, but you know, yeah, well, we that's just about that. what you get with torts. That's just what you get with torts. That's the uh, the tortorella experience. But uh, you know, it's just, just like such a cool feeling to be confident in a sports team. Like to watch the Eagles these past couple weeks and not really sweat out victories is crazy to me in the playoffs. I think the Eagles would have would have won quite comfortably even if Brock Purdy hadn't left the game because I think he was terrified. I think oh, he from was, the minute they he weren't blocking anybody. And as like, soon as he got in the link, I think he was fucking shitting his pants. I don't. Why think did he Debo was Samuel poke the bear? Why did Debo Samuel make those comments? I don't know, but he's not going to do it again. No, he's not the the smartest person. This entire playoffs, Travis Kelsey came out and said, nobody chiefs. Like he talked to all the chiefs fans and he said, nobody put anything on the Rocky statue. Okay. Don't provoke. Don't do it. I mean, yeah, really? Because everybody does it. They come in, they put like their shirt on the Rocky statue. They take a stupid picture and then they fuck around and they find out. Did someone put a Patriots thing on the Rocky statue? I forget. I would have to go back and look, but I'm sure yeah. some asshole. I know the Vikings fans did. I know the Niners fans did. It's a long way from KC to Philadelphia. Although there is a chief stronghold 
in South Philadelphia. And I'm very curious how this is going to play out on Super Bowl Sunday. There is a, a bar that's kind of notorious for being a big Chiefs bar in the heart what? of South Philly called Big Charlie's, okay? Big Charlie's, it's on 11th Street. I pass it all the time. It's got, in the window, it's got a big Chiefs logo. And in another window, it's got a Flyers logo. So it supports the Chiefs and the Flyers. It's very strange. That's but very weird. It's a huge Chiefs bar. I mean, they went nuts the Super Bowl a couple of years back when the Chiefs were in it. And, like, Chiefs fans show up all the time there. Like, it is a big-time Chiefs bar. So I'm curious how things are going to play out on Sunday. next. Not this Sunday, but the following Sunday when the Super Bowl is. You know any uh, pyromaniacs, Steve? <laughs> I think the entire city of Philadelphia is made up of pyromaniacs. <laughs> Don't burn down Big Charlie's. I'm sure it's a fine establishment, okay? They're just trying uh, to do their thing. Fine. <laughs> but I it seems love, like... I would the, love to set it on fire. It, no. It, I'm just I'm kidding. Sure I'm not going to do it. Don't do it. Fine Nobody do it. I'm sure it's a good place. Just... But it's 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 wild to me that yeah, like I'm weird. sure they've never had a problem, right? Because like who gives a shit about the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, and I think yeah. from what I can tell, Chiefs fans are like pretty cool. I don't think I've ever heard had any problems with any Chiefs fans ever. Sure, they, they seem pretty chill. Paul Rudd's a Chiefs fan, you know. He's, he's yeah, that's chill so true. Yeah, what am I yeah. thinking? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Chiefs Henry awesome. Winkler's a Chiefs fan. He's great. He's great. But it's you know. It's just an interesting, it's going to be an interesting situation to, to follow coming into the next week or two. See how big Charlie's fares in all of this. And, you know, just some guys, they can't take the heat. I'm sure the guys at Big Charlie can take the heat. Apparently Joey Bosa couldn't take the heat. Neither of the Bosa boys could take it. No, he couldn't. You know? (laughs) What's the situation here, Ryan? What happened with Joey Bosa? What a fucking dork. So someone got a video of they were Eagles fans were just chirping Joey Bosa because Joey Bosa was there to watch his brother lose. And um, he was at, standing outside the link and a bunch of Eagles fans were just like, Bosa, you know, like just giving him shit. He's got and a very he, chantable name. He does. And he just lost his mind. And he was just like, what are you going to put this on on Snapchat for your butt butt or some bullshit? He used some sort of. Yeah. And um, he was just like, uh, he was so upset about Eagles fans just giving him shit. Where like, I remember during the the Giants playoffs game, Eli Manning was at the link and they showed Eli Manning on like the big screen in the stadium. And everyone, as soon as they saw his face, they were booing like crazy. Like, Bo, you suck. And Eli Manning loved it. And he kept telling the fans to like boo louder and he was laughing, having a good time. Like that's how you have fun as like an enemy. You know what I mean? And like, he was just a really good sport about it. Yeah. And that's how you got to do it. Joey it. Bosa was so, he had the, the most unbelievable, like just a stinky, dirty diaper. And, um, basically he, the guy was like, uh, um, Oh, how it was, how how those those fines? Because I guess Joey Bosa got fined for doing something stupid in his playoff game against the Jaguars, which he lost. And um, he was like, "Oh, fine, because I can pay them because I'm rich." <laughs> and I'm Christ. like, "You really pulled the rich card, <laughs> like, it's dude? Terrible. Yeah, he's such a tool bag. Like Ugh. anyone who pulls the whole I'm rich thing, it's like, okay, I don't give a fuck." Cool story, <laughs> I don't give buddy. a fuck if you're rich. You're still a bitch. So <laughs> I, that doesn't change the fact that you're such a clown. Those Bosa boys just 
keep taking L's in the month of January, you know? Always in the month of January. <laughs> Always in the month of January. It doesn't matter how much this storm, there's going to be some L's being handed out. And then finally, for another L, Tom Brady has retired yet again. And uh. last last football topic, I swear, guys. But Tom Brady, we got to dunk on Tom Brady. Because after all, Tom Brady did not catch the football and yeah. Nick Foles did, and he caught a touchdown. The Eagles won 41-33, so, oh, wow, how about that? Birds, go the birds. Tom Brady the retired. Birds. Everybody wants to talk about him being the GOAT. I don't give a shit. Fuck Tom Brady. I'm done with him. See ya. So I heard some really interesting um, a really, really interesting conversation. Uh, I can't remember which podcast. I think it was like the Around the NFL podcast or something. I was listening to that, and they were basically arguing that Tom Brady, like everyone says Tom Brady's the GOAT. Right now, I agree. But I don't think we have long before Tom Brady is simply the most accomplished quarterback of all time. And Patrick Mahomes is the actual greatest quarterback of all time. Oh, sure. I mean, I because saw, Mahomes I is incre- he's he's amazing. He's one of the, he's easily the best quarterback I have ever seen. Like watching him is like. It's. I'm going to tell my children about watching Pat Mahomes one day. Sure. Well, I've never thought Tom... This is why I've never been impressed by Tom Brady. Like, I know he is a winner, and I know he's always done it, but, like, he's never the most impressive quarterback out there. Like, like I think Mike Francesca, of all people, said, like, Peyton Manning's the best regular season quarterback he's ever seen, and Joe Montana's the best Super Bowl quarterback, but yeah. Tom Brady's the most accomplished, Like, which I actually have to agree with. But, like... You know, you can't deny that Tom Brady, like, you know, he's got all the records, right? Like, he's done the shit. Like, he really... But he's not, like... I don't know. I don't see anything when he's out there that, like, impresses me that much. I never have. But you can't really say what it is, but he does something really well. Yeah, I think it's just, like, he just carves up the middle of the field with, like, kind of shorter passes. At least now. Back when he had Randy Moss, he had a pretty, you know, he would kind of just... He did whatever he wanted. But, yeah, he's just, like... You're right. He's not the kind of quarterback that wows you, that really, like, dazzles when you watch. Wow. And Pat Mahomes, like, not only is he a dazzling guy to watch, you watch him and you're entertained the entire 60 minutes that you're seeing him play football, but he wins too. And he's won a Super Bowl. He's going to win more. Hopefully not this year, but he's going to win more Super Bowls. Go Birds. And... At the end of the day, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's out of the question to say that like in ten years we could be looking at Mahomes versus Brady as like, you know, like a LeBron versus Michael type situation. Yeah. I mean, it could certainly be the case. And I would love to see Mahomes surpass him, but maybe Jalen Hurts will do it instead. The Michael Jordan <laughs> At oh, least the guy I'm, who loves Michael I'm Jordan. Back. I'm back. When he walked into the link wearing the I'm back t-shirt, I was like, oh, it's great. fuck. <laughs> I, I read a great article thing. on The Athletic the other day about how uh, Jalen Hurts just loves Michael Jordan. Like, he's his idol. And Oh, was that uh, Zach, Zach Berman? It was probably Zach Berman, who does okay, tremendous yeah. work over there. But, yes. Yeah, Joey Bush sucks. Tom Brady sucks. And my last question with Brady, before we move on, uh, is this how 80s hockey fan felt when Gretzky retired? <laughs> right? Like, good riddance. Thank God, because they just couldn't stand him anymore. I don't know. Like, I feel like, did hockey fans dislike Gretzky? I have to imagine that certain fan bases, namely the Philadelphia Flyers fan base in the 80s, hated Gretzky. I mean, yeah. 
I don't know. I always think back to what is it, Swingers, where they make Gretzky's head bleed on the ice in oh, NHL yeah. '94. I feel like the NHL fan, NHL fans at large, didn't dislike Wayne Gretzky when he was playing. You're probably right. Whereas Tom Brady is almost universally hated. Yeah, like most not people universally, but like non-Patriots fans. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say like. I would say at least 65% of football fans can't stand Tom Brady. At least. Yeah. Like not counting Patriots fans. Not counting. No. Cause the, you know, they're a category in and of themselves and yeah. they've all really just been Patriots fans for the past 20 years. Right. They're, I used to hate Brady a lot, but now I'm like, I respect him. I don't have a problem with him now, but I think that's just cause we beat him. Mm, so it's I like, see. I see. I still have yeah. many problems with him, but uh, you know, I also like watching him smash iPads in frustration. So I, I guess know, I'll miss that. <laughs> He's also not exactly the greatest dude, given he just kind of left Giselle Bunchen and his children. I mean, I think football. she'll do all right. She'll do fine. <laughs> no, she makes she'll, more money than he does. She'll be okay. I think she'll yeah, be fine. She has not. Yeah. She's got not that a beautiful problem. woman. Will be okay. Yeah. Yeah, fuck him. I'll I see will you, say Tom. Tom Brady's retirement video that he posted on Twitter was kind of funny because like he was like on the verge of crying. You could kind of tell he was about to cry and he's just like sitting alone on the beach. It's overcast. <laughs> sitting alone on the beach. Sitting alone on the beach. Waves crashing. Wow. He's about to cry. <laughs> no family. No friends. It's just him. He's just going to have the Fox booth for the next 10 years. <laughs> I know. God, we'll see how he does there. No, I hope you. he's not in the booth for the Super Bowl. Please, God. Like, give him like a little. Like, no, sure, no, he won't like, be in the booth. No, it's going to be Greg Olson in there for the Super Bowl. Good. I wish. What annoys me is that like Tom Brady is going to take over as the number one color guy. But Greg Olson is phenomenal. He's pretty good. I like him a lot. He's pretty good. He does. All right. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I, I just hate that like they're giving Brady the job straight up, but you know, whatever. Yeah. It's not my money. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. He just won't go away. But you know. He can smash iPads and uh that's Torts is gonna get a break from smashing iPads this week because well, I mean I guess he smashed them all already because they're not on the bench anymore. But it's the yeah, all star break. Allowed. There's no games at all this week, which meant there was nothing even remotely flyers related to talk about. I guess we could talk about like, That's good the status of the team or something, but you know, we know that that's not good. So <laughs> it's not, I mean, <laughs> it's better than it should be is what you could say. Like if, we, you know, like what we could talk about is like, what's been worth watching on this team. There's a couple things. Travis Konechny been phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Carter Hart been way too good, too good. He should take a break from being so good. There, ha Yeah. No, there have been a couple of good things. There's been, yeah, you're right. I mean, Owen Tippett, Owen Tippett, yeah. I like. I really have liked watching Owen Tippett become the player that he's become. I think that he's uh, vampire aura. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Fucking Twilight looking ass motherfucker. I think they are. I, I think Owen Tippett has really cemented himself as a player that could be a flyer for a while. I, I feel like he could be as long as he continues this upward progression. He's still young. I'm just. I'm really, really happy for him because like he just couldn't get it together with Florida and now here he comes to Philly of all places and he's he's just really kind of coming into his own and I love seeing young players do that so yeah I'm really happy for Owen Tippett I'm happy for Travis Connect I'm happy happy for Carter Hart as well 
Yeah, I don't know. Especially with the whole debate about Carter Hart. Is he the number one guy? Like, what's what's the situation with him? And then just imagining him on a good team. Wow. I mean, he would be putting up some unreal numbers if he was on a competent hockey team. And we talked about this preseason about who was going to score the goals. And Owen Tippett has stepped up as one of those guys to score goals. And he's been really, really good. And one of the things we talk about with Tippett is if he can actually put it together to finish. And he's been doing that. And it's been awesome. And he's playing more of a complete game, too. Like, I know John Tortorella has been really gushing about Tippett kind of um, transforming himself into like a power forward, like that that power guy that the flyers need. Um, and I mean, it's true. That's kind of what they, when they traded Voracek, I feel like they missed that. And I don't know. It's good to see Tippett come in and kind of, you know, winning these puck battles and um, being able to power his way into the offensive zone. And yeah, it's just, I'm really, really proud of what Owen Tippett has become. There you go. So we got Tippett, we got Konechny, Carter Hart, Kevin Hayes offense. That's been that's been good. Yeah. His defense has been horseshit, but his offense has been very good. Apparently, got him into the All Star game. I'm I'm happy for him that he's in the All Star game. Good for you, Kevin Hayes. Yeah, good for you, bud. Good for you, TK. Your time will come. I mean, the All Star game. I mean, he already went. Anymore. That's true. That's yeah, true. But he deserved to go. I don't know, you know but it yeah. it also means nothing. The All Star game is just such a, especially now, it's such a joke format. Like the four division teams i know it's i i hate every all-star game like like you're right like the nfl they just gave up they're like oh we're just gonna do flag and they had the highest rated one like the the pro bowl was still pulling in ratings compared to everything else it's horrible and the pro bowl was the worst one it's i hate the pro bowl i can't stand well i feel like the nba one's actually pretty good the NBA one's entertaining, but yeah. like it's literally just guys taking shots and dunking. Well, that's the thing. That's pretty much what it is in the regular season anyway. <laughs> so I mean, there's some defense. There's, there's some defense. Bit. There's a little bit, but there's some guys who just don't even bother. Like there's right. some Tony D'Angelo defense being played in the NBA nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. The NHL all-star game is just not fun. I just don't like it. The yeah. skills competition's fun, but yeah. the game not fun. That's all we want is the skills competition. Just give us two days of skills competition, and I'm cool with that. Yeah. The baseball... But no more, no more Claude Giroux sitting in a weird, like, fountain puck area taking shots oh, yeah. in Vegas. That was so strange. That was wild. But at least I remember it, you know? that's some, I remember watching it quite intriguingly, so... I remember watching it, and I thought it was going to be cool, but, like, it was awkward as hell. Yeah, it was a little awkward. Little awkward. Could have been worse. I, I guess. I guess it could have been worse. But well, what else? Is there anything else worth talking about as far as like being good on this team? I mean, Morgan Frost has been up and down like a toilet seat, but yeah. <laughs> at least we've seen some good out of him, and he stepped up to the plate a little bit. Cam York's looking to be a solid player. Yeah, so that's nice good. bounce back from getting sent to the minors in preseason. That was a, you know, that was a challenge, and he really stepped up. I and I, I admire that in Cam York. I'm glad he did that. I was thinking about this today. When are we going to get an update on Couturier? Why did I call him Couturier? Couturier. Couturier. Because you're Couturier. thinking Coots. Yeah, right. I was thinking, thinking Coots. Couturier. Hey, when are we getting it? When are we getting an update on Sean Couturier? But I mean, Sean Couturier. Why? What update do we need? He's out for the year. Not according to the team. Oh, I assumed he was out for the year. 
they said that he'll be back in three to four months, I think, and that was back in yeah, I'm not holding my breath on that front. November or something. Yeah, dude, ain't coming back to the season. I I don't think so either, but like I would love to get confirmation. I would love to like know what's going on. Oh, this is a very similar situation to what happened with Cam Atkinson. They kept saying like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna be back," and then we're like, "Word when?" and then. They were just like, it was radio silence. And then next thing you know, so it's like, ah, fuck. He's out for the year. And we're like, oh, (laughs) thanks for the update. I don't think I've thought about this once. I don't think I've, and I love Sean Couturier. I don't think I've thought about Mr. Chestnut Checkers in like three months at this point. Me neither. I have not thought about Coots because there was no reason to. Because he's literally, basically not on the team right now. But like, I was listening earlier about what made me think about this was the Mark Stone situation with the Golden Knights. He just got back surgery and now he's going to be out for indefinitely for the Golden Knights. And this is also his second back surgery in, I think, the last year or so. And so I'm just sitting here like, fuck, like that sucks. And it got me thinking about Couturier. And I'm like, huh, what happened to that guy? <laughs> so now I'm just like, is he coming back this year? Is he not? I, I, I'm going to assume he's not, but I just need confirmation from the Flyers, which we're not going to get, I feel like, until, I don't know. But here's the thing, and this is the worst part. I know Couturier is not going to be the same when he's back. Like, he's never going to be the same, I don't think. When you miss what, multiple back surgeries, don't yeah. think you've just uh, amazing at hockey all of a sudden. He's officially been out for over a year because I believe it was last January that they claimed that he was uh, out for the rest of the season. Um, and now it's just like, why even bother? Play? Like if he's going to miss this whole season. That's, I mean, you never want a player to miss an entire season. And, like, I feel like that's kind of like a kiss of death type situation. Not always, but, like, you never, you always want your players to play at least a little bit for a campaign. And I just, I don't think he's gonna. I I don't know anything about Sean Couturier at this point. I I know nothing. I'm not going to pretend to know anything because the team has really gone on radio silence. Sean Couturier, Ryan Ellis, they might as well not even be in the NHL as far as I know. But the thing is, nowadays everybody want to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish. And motherfuckers act like they forgot about coots. That was well done. Did you did you have that written down? I I pulled up the lyrics to forgot about Dre about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> wow. Wow, that was really good. I'm impressed. <laughs> there you that go. That was well done. There you go. I totally like forgot it was... about Coots. Yeah. I'm <sighs> one of the motherfuckers. I forgot about Coots. I, I which is crazy to think about considering what an integral part of this team he's been for ever. I've forgotten about point. he we haven't seen him on the ice. In, and I looked back. It was uh, February 11th. He um, he got back surgery. But when was his last game that he played? Let me. That's actually a fun thing to look up. I'm gonna look that up. But you like, look that we up. We haven't I'll... seen him in a year. It's we have crazy. not seen him in a year. We've seen it's... Claude Giroux in a Flyers uniform more recently than we've seen Sean Couturier. The last time Sean Couturier played a game, it was December 18th. 
2021. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The world still cared about COVID a little bit back then. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's been got, that long. I got, a, I got a COVID test, I think, uh, a couple of weeks after that, actually. There you go. Yeah, so I care yeah, about that's, it. Yeah, that's how, yeah, you cared. It was that long ago. But, Jesus, uh, <laughs> it's been a hot minute for Sean Couturier. And, uh, we're stuck with this middling Flyers team that, you know, is going to win more than they should. But uh, here's my question to, to round out our all-star break talk here. What has been as bad as expected? Like, Nick Delorier, he's certainly, yeah. I would say he's been exactly as expected. He's fought, he's hit, and he's been terrible. Nick Delore hasn't been good, um, but we, I mean, we knew that was going to happen. So like, I wouldn't say that it's like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's like worse than I expected. Oh wait, no, but you're asking like as bad as expected. Okay. Um, as bad as expected. And I think the answer is a resounding yes. I think he's like, yeah, I think he's, I mean, he's been bad, but like, yeah. If you I mean, expected him to be bad. Yeah, TDA has not been good. What else has been, like, really bad? I mean, the injuries. I came into this season thinking stupidly, like, oh, well, like, the Flyers are going to be healthy. Like, Coots is coming back. They got Atkinson, and they got this, that. Like, you know, we know that Ryan Ellis is essentially dead. But, yeah, like, I thought the injury situation would improve this year, and (laughs) I was fucking wrong. And it's wrong. just as bad as it ever has been. Um, wrong, 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 wrong. You were 100% wrong on that front. Like, I haven't thought about Cam Atkinson in weeks either. Well, yeah, there's no reason to. We're not going to see him again until next, what, September? <laughs> next solstice. Yeah, next September. The next yeah. time we see him, it's going to be 98 degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> like... Oh boy, that's fun. That's fun. 90% humidity. I think um yeah, like I think the injury situation like it has been worse than I thought it would be. I but I feel like most people probably expected it to be bad because it's the Flyers and that's just how things go these days. Um but yeah, that's been bad. Nick Delore hasn't been good. TDA hasn't been good. I got to say Ristolainen has <laughs> Not been good, but he's gotten better recently. So that's at least he had that one fun game a couple weeks ago. That was kind of cool. But yeah, I don't know. The weird thing about Ristolainen is like his overall game's been pretty pathetic, but his defense has been like slightly better because of Torts's coaching. Yeah, depending on how you look at it, I think you could say that the the Flyers' lottery odds are as bad as expected, and by as bad as expected, I mean. Like, they're in that, like, middle area. Oh, it's the worst-case scenario. It is, it is the like, absolute worst-case scenario. Not that is bad worse enough than expected. to get a good amount of lottery balls, but not good enough to really be in the playoff hunt. Yeah. Like, going into the season, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I was expecting the Flyers to be, like, to get a top-five pick. For sure. For sure. Even with Torts here. I was like, there's no way they're going to get anything lower than a... Um, top five pick and then here they are they're they might be too good to jump up if they did win the lottery they might be too good to get Bedard because you can only move up 10 spots in the draft so the Columbus Blue Jackets 
are currently not only the worst team in the Metropolitan Division, but also the worst team in the NHL. The Flyers yeah. are six, 17 points ahead of the Columbus Blue Jackets as of today. Yeah, they're not getting – yeah, they're not going to get to that level of horrible. But, um, yeah, they're like – they're just because so – I'm concerned that they're not going to sell at the deadline at this point. That's what I. That's what I'm nervous about. Like people very keep nervous trying about. to reassure me in articles. You know, like yeah. Pierre LeBruns of the world. Like, oh, the Flyers are going to sell. I'm not convinced. I've seen Chuck Fletcher be as delusional as it comes. Okay, this man is delusional to the max, and I am not convinced he is going to to do the right thing. I was listening to Elliot Friedman talk on Sportsnet, and he was basically saying, um, "Oh yeah, the Flyers will—they'll uh, move James Van Riemsdyk at the trade deadline." I'm like, "Will they? Do we know that?" Because I'm not convinced. if they keep pulling this bullshit where they're winning games, <laughs> they are not going to sell anybody. In fact, Steve, could you imagine? Fucking imagine if the Flyers were buyers. At the trade deadline. I can imagine totally that imagine bullshit. I, I don't want to think about it, but I can totally imagine it. I think it's going to happen. I, mean, I don't think they're going to be buyers, but like, I wouldn't be shocked if they talked themselves into being buyers. Like, so the, the Vancouver Canucks or the Canucks, if you're a certain Fox broadcast that called them that, like a, was it a local TV or whatever? The Canucks. It was terrible, but the Canucks got a head start on the entire trade deadline and selling and traded away Bo Horvat, which is a, a great move. One of the only good moves the Canucks have made this year is actually going ahead and trading a guy early, which yes. is brilliant. Yes. Yeah. So they traded Bo Horvat over to the Islanders. Uh, so the Islanders got Bo Horvat Canucks got, or the Canucks got, Anthony Beauvillier, Atu Rati. I might be saying that wrong. I don't give a shit. It's uh, and a Atu Ratu. Atu Ratu. Atu Ratu. But he's got, his name is R-A-T-Y. It's Ratu. Uh, it's, it, it's weird as fuck. I fucking give up. Uh, and a conditional games. 2023 first round pick, which becomes an unprotected 2024 first round pick if it's in the top 12. An interesting condition right there. A little reminiscent of the Claude Giroux trade. A little bit where you get like, you know, an Owen Tippett and like a, a weird draft pick. But, uh, you know, good on the, the Canucks for just getting out there and doing it. And bad on the Islanders for being convinced that they're buyers. Well, and they have to really, uh, they they need to get an extension for Bo Horvat too. So I don't know where they, where they are in that regard. Can you imagine wanting to sign an extension with the New York Islanders? People have done it. For some fucked up reason, they've done it, but not John Tavares. Yeah, not John Tavares. I have this is actually I don't hate this trade necessarily for either side. No, I I don't either. It's it's a pretty. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a good trade for either side, but it's it's a fair trade. I mean, I think it's decent value for the. I like it better for the Canucks. I think. Uh, Right now, I do too. They need if. Bo Horvat signs an extension with them, then I think it's pretty even. Right now, I'm giving the edge to the Canucks just because, like, they got a first-round pick. They got Anthony Bavillier, who's, like, a good little player. Like, he's not, you know, he's not going to make or break anything, but, like, he's someone good you can kind of put on your third, like, the middle six somewhere, and he'll score some goals here and there. And then you got Aturatu, who 
at one point was considered like the crown jewel of the draft a couple of years ago. And then he just kind of lost it a little bit, but he's been playing a lot, lot better recently. And he's looking like a legit prospect again. So isn't Atu Ratu like a couple of the words that Ash speaks in Evil Dead 2 from the Book of the Dead? <laughs> Atu Ratu Klaatu. Possibly. It sounds like some sort of... You haven't seen of... anything. I'm, I'm, I'm no. done with you with the pop culture. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not cultured Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> but... but <laughs> yeah, Atu Ratu, like, he could... Like, he legit looks like a good prospect again. And if he pans out and he turns out to be like a serviceable player... And then they have Beauvillier, and then you already have Pedersen, and then uh, Brock Besser. Who knows how long Besser will be uh, in Vancouver? Because it feels like they're just going to start selling, I feel like. but Right, and that's why I like this for the Canucks, because this is what I want the Flyers to do. I want the Flyers to just start selling now, because that at least will help the tank a little bit. Like, they can at least get a little further down in the standings still. If they keep going... They're going to be beyond, they're just going to be in no man's land, which is what they're, they're currently at. Like they're not crazy far out of the wild card hunt, which is tears me up inside. I know. I have to think about that. They're currently six points behind the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh Penguins have 57 points. Although the, the Penguins have two games in hand on the Flyers. So that, uh, that helps a little bit, but you know, it's still closer than they should be. Yeah. And it, it does worry me that they're going to, you know. They'll come out of the all-star break and they'll have, I don't know, they'll win like half of their games before March 1st. And then on March 1st, they're going to be like, oh, we're like kind of right there for the wild card. I don't think they might just not do anything, which would make me want to get in my closet and throw a grenade in the air. (laughs) That's very specific. (laughs) Like, I just, (laughs) there's no closet grenade. Yeah, like just get in a small room and just have a grenade incinerate my entire body. Wow. That's what this <laughs> Flyers team's doing to me, Steve. That's They're tearing you up. They're tearing you apart, Ryan. They're tearing me apart. You got that one. Now, I, oh, of course I know the room. Okay, good. At least you got that. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> tearing me apart, Lisa. You're tearing me apart, Chuck. <laughs> that needs to be the title. Oh, done. Of this done. I, tearing I, I, me apart, Chuck. With like five me, exclamation marks. Number number three hundred. You're tearing me apart, Chuck. <laughs> Holy moly. Oh hi, folks. We have one last thing, and it's we get, we did a good old fashioned long one, which uh, I'm happy about. It, it's been a while since we did a good long pod, and what would the three hundredth fly probably be without a batch update? And our good friend. Kelly Hinkle has come through to give us quite a batch update that we have to do. So let's get into it. Ryan, you don't watch The Bachelor, right? I watched the season with Taisha and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Wow. But I haven't watched wow. it since. That's a, a stunner to me. I have watched one episode of The Canadian Bachelor on HBO Max, which I'm sure they've removed at this point because they get rid of everything now. And that's it. So <laughs> let's get into it. So. This is from, again, the lovely and wonderful Kelly Hinkle. This time around, the dude is Zach. Steve, please let the people know that Zach spells his name with an H, which means none of us can trust him. Zach is, as usual, a guy that was on the last season of The Bachelor, which, if you recall, was a fucking disaster. Zach was one of those dudes where everyone was like, 
Oh no, you're too good for these women, so nice, so handsome, etc. But two episodes into his bachelor journey, I think he might just be weird and bland and annoying. What a combination right there. We sure this isn't Tom Brady? It kind of sounds like Tom Brady, let me tell you. The first episode of every one of these tedious seasons is always a real slog because we have to sit through every one of these women getting out of a limo or a party bus or off a horse or whatever one by one as they introduce themselves to the dude and do really dumb shit like, let's do shots of maple syrup because I'm from Vermont or, hey, I brought some coffee all the way from New York City. Zack is a saltine cracker of a man, of course, like all the rest of these bachelor dorks, so his reaction to most of this is, wow, so pretty, or something similar. Neither you nor I will remember the name of a single one of these women, so don't ask me. Good, I would never ask you, Kelly, what a name of any one of these women are, because I would never remember. I remember Trent Clatt, but I'll never remember one of these women. Me neither. I have no desire to get to know any of them. Shots of maple syrup. I hope that's something they actually did. That's so, it's so dumb that it like makes complete sense for Bachelor. (laughs) So viscous. That's why I kind of enjoyed the Bachelor. Well, I think I watched Bachelorette. Yeah. That's kind of why I enjoyed it though, because it was like so dumb. Mm. Like I think this is a level of dumb that's just a little too far for me. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's really dumb. But then, like, they had the fucking, the little, the, what's it, the little romance room or something, and it was a windmill. Oh, the, the fuck hut. The, yeah, whatever the hell that I just made that up, I don't think it was called that, but yes, wherever they had the, the windmill and the, oh, God, the windmill sex, where did the, what was that called, like, Paradise Week or something, or like. Something, yeah. Yeah, I just gives a shit. I just hope, like, whenever there's a new season of The Bachelor, that's my thing. Like, I hope they make that, like, romance room or whatever it's called. I know that's not what it's called. Passion pit. Passion, or, (laughs) I don't know if it's that either. But I like that better. They need to have that in just an obscure building. Like, they need to have one in a lighthouse. Sure. And they need to have one in a windmill. Windmill. They need to have one in, I don't know, what's like a tall, bizarre, bizarre structure? The Washington Monument. They need to have one in the in the like air traffic control building at the top. Okay, there you go. Where all the tra- air traffic controllers like that's I don't know. That's just the only yeah. Just taller and taller buildings. Yeah, tall useful buildings, you know. The top of Lighthouses the Sears Tower. Are useful. Willis Tower where they have those panels where you can like look like, "Oh, I'm standing on air," but they have sex in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Gazebos. After the par- after the parade of intros, we get to observe as the women whip themselves into a frenzy trying to get alone time with Zach and having unhinged meltdowns when they don't get it. Then we have the rose ceremony and some nameless women stay and some nameless women go home. Super sad because naturally they had very strong feelings for this man they met three hours ago. I would be sad too. Just devastated. Okay, so episode two features our first round of dates. Fake, weird dates that are always some contrived bullshit that always works out in some kind of sponsored content. And this time, out of nowhere, they got that chick that sings the Big Dick Energy song that I love. This is huge, because like the NHL, The Bachelor typically pulls E and F level talent. This is like the NHL got, like the time the NHL got Green Day, which we talk about the time the NHL got Green Day. It was a very, like... Big day for the NHL when they got Green Day. So this is the same kind of thing for The Bachelor. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I'll never forget that day when Green Day was... Get Put your fucking hands in the air! Because <laughs> it's like, it goes from like... Because typically the NHL gets somebody like Train or... Oh Someone God, shitty. Who, who was the one at the, the Stadium Series game I went to? Oh, God, Imagine Dragons. I fucking hate that. Uh, the Stadium Series game I went to was uh, Keith Urban. Oh, no. Yeah. Which for a hockey crowd is not not good. Has Kid Rock done it yet? I'm sure Kid Rock's done it because that's what Kid Rock does. I love that the NHL and NFL just kind of like recycle the same people for like, you know, halftime or intermission. The NFL shows. at least like, gets some modern people. The NHL's like, hey, were you popular 15 years ago? Well, what the NFL, the NFL. So the NHL takes the acts that the NFL gets for Thanksgiving games. There and you I go. Feel like the, I feel like the NFL has gotten like Train and Keith Urban and um, who the fuck? Who the fuck else did we just talk about? I don't know, but I feel like they get all these like shitty people for Thanksgiving, and then they save the Super Bowl, obviously, for like an actual celebrity, like Rihanna. Rihanna, yeah. NHL ain't getting no Rihanna. No. <laughs> could, yeah. could you imagine? No. She, they would ask her, and she. I would literally laugh. cannot imagine. She would laugh at Gary Bettman, friend of the show, but would she would laugh at that. Gary. I would love to see her laugh at Gary. That'd be so funny. It would be the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Anyway, she tells the women that Zach, who is made of saltines, wants a woman with bad bitch energy. My friends, there is no way this is true. This man, this man cannot handle a bad bitch. He would cry if presented with a bad bitch. So then we have to watch the women one by one show Zach their bad bitch energy, which is mostly just them trying to do stripper walks down runway and be sexy. Love this for you, ladies. Great job. Number one, this has to be a record for the the amount of times the word bitch has been said on Fly Purpley. It's got to be. It's yeah. Kelly went. She did great with this one. She did Wait, great is there more? One. There is more. There's like oh, a God. couple more paragraphs and then we'll call it an evening there. But man, this sounds painful. I understand why she was so angry watching this. This just sounds painful. Yeah, I would not spend my time watching this. Why watch this when The Last of Us is on? That's oh, phenomenal. Phenomenal show. And I'm a huge fan of the games and it's a great adaptation so far. Just taking those like smart divergences, like they're doing things different to make it interesting, but they're staying true to the spirit of everything. And I, I love it. Yeah, that episode three was amazing. That's uh, probably the best episode of television I've seen. I cried too. And it's it's probably the best episode of television I've seen in the past year. Best episode of television I've seen in the past, honestly, like 10 years remains the second to last episode of Better Call Saul. Mm. Oh, yeah, I I can't really say that because Better Call Saul was phenomenal, too. But I I mean, you know, shit, shit goes by so quickly. You forget about a phenomenal things like that. Yeah, yeah, no, you do. No, uh, the Last of Us episode three was great. Just great television. Just uh, so good so far. But anyway, let's get back to this bad bitch energy right here. And this uh, just milk toast man who doesn't know how to control that bad bitch energy. Oh, my God. This sounds so awkward. After the group date, Zach has a one-on-one date with one of the blondes who reveals she has a kid. Zach takes this like a champ. Good job, dude. Then their date involves meeting his entire family? It's day two? It seems like a lot, but these people are insane, and she's already in love with him. It's day two. So it all seemed to go well for these two. Wow. There's nothing quite like being 
being told the old, hey, uh, there's a kid here, by the way. Are you cool with that? Some people are cool with that. I Some people are personally. cool with that. I tried it and, uh, didn't work. I don't like, so I don't like kids unless they belong to a close friend of mine, a family member, or they're mine. That's fair. Or that's if they're fair. just like a generally cool kid, but I feel like that's rare. Most kids. I'm don't. actually, I'm great with kids. And, uh, I, I tried to take it like a champ, but uh, most, most men cannot because most men are, are children themselves. I'm good with kids. If I want, if I have any interest in hanging out with that kid, but if I have mm. no interest, I just want to kind of shove them into traffic. Wow. <laughs> Quite an in between there. Yeah. I'm just imagining his reaction is like a, a screaming internally thing. It's like, I've got, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with, I'm down with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, kids are whatever. Kids are, it's, it's just funny. I want kids one purposes. day and I'm going to love my kid. But if you're sure. listening and you have a kid, I'm sorry. I have no interest in getting to know your kid. <laughs> Quiggs is just laying it down right here. Uh, if, you, if you were on The Bachelor here and they pulled out, you would have just been like, nah. So do you have any children? Nope. See ya. Fuck that. So many offended people. I'll have so kids. Many. Again, I'll have kids, but I don't want them right now. Ugh. <laughs> uh. There was another group date with the rest of the women, and I honestly forget what happened. Then cocktail party, at which Zach makes out with no fewer than seven of these women. Which, like, I'm not a prude, but ew. Smooching that many people in rapid succession is a lot of saliva. That's all I'm saying. It does seem like a lot. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a lot. That's a, it's a lot of smooching in a row. A smooching orgy. Someone's gonna get mono. <laughs> the Bachelor mono. Finally, rose ceremony. More people whose names I don't know go home, and we're through week two. I hate this show. <laughs> I'm glad. I love the honesty from Kelly. You know, it's good that you're just putting yourself through just hate of this. Absolute hate. All right, Quigs, we're going to sign off. It's late. We got to get going. But I have one final question for you before we go. Did you fucking finish Twins? No, you not yet. I'm gonna kill you next I week. Swear to, I swear to God, next no I two weeks, two weeks actually, because next week. Uh, oh well, no, 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 uh, yeah, no, no. Next week, next week's the week to do it because that's the amp up to the Eagles Super Bowl, and then the week after that, I will either be devastated from a loss or I will be devastated from partying on Broad Street until two a.m. Yeah, I I took off. Oh, that's what I'll do. So the Monday after the Super Bowl. I took off that day from work because I'll need it. Either win or lose, I'll need it. So I'll watch it on uh, Monday, the day after the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. You keep pushing this off. It's a, so Tonight is not your night, bro. I <laughs> Tonight, today ain't your day. Tonight is your night, bro. I just, yeah, I haven't been able to, like, watch it. But I'm, I'm going mad. to watch it. It's going to happen. Disappointed. It's going to happen. All right, folks. Well, that's it. But we all love you very much. And thank you so much for hanging in there and listening to Fly Purbly. 
we don't know what the future's bringing for the podcast yet, but uh, business as usual for the next uh, the next month or so, and then we're gonna figure something out between now and then. But the podcast won't stop. Okay, there will be. If there's an interruption, it'll be a limited interruption. And uh, hopefully what I talked about as far as plans go for like putting some old stuff back out there and all that, hopefully that will come to fruition. If not, sorry, not sorry. Yeah, for real. Like it's, we don't know exactly what the future is going to look like, but it's not going to look very different from what it is now. So, yeah, but you know, just ask the United Hate of America, the president of the United Hate of America about his 80 stings. <laughs> God. Look yourself in the mirror and see yourself in a football jersey. Oh, what a what an album. Cole Beasley, Fred Durst, the guy from Stained, Guy Fieri, Flavortown, all that fun stuff. R.I.P.D. You know, all, all the greats that we've talked about over these years. That's uh Let's bring it all home. But folks, we do truly appreciate you. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca.musk. Quigs, where can people find you on the Twitter machine? Find me at Ryan Quigs with a Z or else. Or else. What are you going to do? Lock your account to see if you get more interactions? Yes, precisely. <laughs> Fucking dumbest people in the world. Oh, my <laughs> God. You can find me at Flyperbole or at Estebaum. If it's for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Follow Flyperbole on Instagram and the TikToks and all that fun stuff. Folks, I'm running out of gas. I gots to go. But thank you so much for listening. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! since Andy Reid came into town.